I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ah, hello there, dear Lister. It's me, Joe. I notice you've tuned in once again to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. Just remember, we dish out double the content over on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Go on, you'll love it. You'll pay your monthly fee and I will literally roll around in your hard-earned cash, probably wearing something provocative. (laughs) Jay's not going to like this advert at all. And welcome to another episode of the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branson, joined this week by Mark Packham. I've been kissed by a rose on the face. Oh, we love Seal. And Matthew Knight. A brief history of cheese. Yes. And, and uh, yeah, we, we are getting, we've been getting quite involved in Seal this evening. I'm a, a big fan. Yeah, just amazed. We, I don't really know how it came up, but we're just talking about it. Amazed how many records Seal Unbelievable. sold. How many records was something it? Like, it was like 20 or 30 million albums, something Outrageous. like that. What did you say that his net crazy. worth was? Uh, it was a lot. It was like 20 million oh, pounds no. or dollars. I what a man. One of the, those. The only question is why he's called Seal. Couldn't find it on his Wikipedia page. It's just a weird animal it's to not, choose it's, as your It's as not your on thing. his Wikipedia No, it's, it's not on there. No. I don't know why you do that. I'm going to Google it. Keep his talking. real name's Henry Seal. But uh, <laughs> his first name's Henry. If if I was going to pick an animal, I'd go for a tiger or a, walrus. You know, a giraffe. Or, yeah, if you want to pick like a sort of semi-aquatic mammal, I'd go for the walrus. That's really the fiercest of all the uh, sort of sea cow type creatures. Other names. But no, he seal went for Henry a seal. Samuel. <laughs> yeah. Seal Henry. Seal? Seal? Seal Henry Sam- Samuel. Henry Samuel. I literally can't find out <clears throat> why, why he's, he's called Seal. No. So, uh, listeners to the Guitar Nerds podcast, if you know why Seal is called Seal, then, uh, you know, write, write in and let us know. Of course, Kiss from a Rose on the soundtrack to the best Batman film, Batman Forever. Well, that's not the best Batman yeah, film. It is absolutely the best Batman film. The best... Is that the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger in? No, that's the one with... That's Batman and Robin. <laughs> yes, oh, the that, one, it's the one with... the best one ever. No, it's the no, one the with... the best uh... one is Danny DeVito's Batman Returns. No, it's definitely not. Oh, that's fantastic. Definitely not. We're getting a little off track, but um, just But so actually, you know. bringing it back around, Jeff Beck performed with Seal covering Jimi Hendrix for a 1993 tribute album. There we go. That, Good. And we're back. <laughs> we're back to boring and old that... guitar players. Um, <laughs> and that was all planned, listener. We yeah. knew we were bringing it back to guitars, and we 
uh, did just that. Well, yes, anyway, talking about guitars. So, my, uh, you, you remember last week I uh, sort of semi-accidentally purchased a... Uh, <laughs> oh, did it turn up? <laughs> yeah, my Squire Vista series Music Master. Wonderful series, the Vista stuff, because they were Chinese-made right. Squires, where I think... 1996, I think, was the year, but they only made them for one year. The uh, the Music Masters, really, one year, available in four colours. Um, there there was a black, uh, a white, um, a uh, I can't remember what blue it was, and shell pink, standard colours, yeah, match, yeah. matching headstocks. Yeah, blooming lovely, blooming lovely. Yeah, I was going to say, I just googled it, and there's a shell pink one pickup mm. Squire Vista Music Master bass or the My. guitar. No, it was a guitar. Oh, they did. I guess yeah, they was, did a matching guitar set, wasn't didn't it, they? Wasn't it like a little humbucker in there? Yeah. Uh, oh, really? You got a humbucker a in there? Seymour Duncan, maybe. It's quite interesting the pickup that went in the in the bass because it was, of course, the original Music Master basses from the seventies, which of course is the other one I got. That's a it's a guitar pickup. Yeah. Because um, they they made the the original Music Masters were were essentially Fender's ultimate bitsers. They were made from, you know, what what they had in excess from previous models, which is why you got the bridge with the with just two adjustable saddles, which I found this week trying to intonate um, a uh, a guitar where two strings are sharing a saddle. Great fun! It's impossible. It's actually um, impossible. And looking at prices, man, people people want a lot of money for that Courtney Love signature. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's a great. That I mean, they go for like seven, eight hundred quid now. The the Venus yeah. is a fantastic guitar. That's, it's really cool. Nick Reinhardt, of course, plays Squire Vista series. The uh, is it he's Jack Stang? Like, he? He's got a Venus, but he's his he's most got, his one yeah. that he's famous for is that the it's not a Jag Stang, is it? It's the reverse bodied Jaguar. Supersonic. Supersonic. Yeah, yeah. That was they, it. They did a great one, which we've talked about in the Facebook group a couple of times. It's the Subsonic, right. which is the baritone. That was the strap that, they... that was a baritone. They did it in graffiti yellow. Because it, it had, they, I'm sure they did a black one because they had reverse mm. headstocks, they right? Prob- yeah, they probably did do it in black as well. I just yes, remember it being it was graffiti in black yellow. With, yes, Korean though. Because that was the ones. time of the Cyclone as well, the Fender Cyclone. Remember that? That didn't come out yeah. of the uh, Vista series though. N- no, but neither was the Subsonic. Subsonic oh, yeah, right. was, yeah, yeah, was yeah, a later yeah. series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Squ- they were both Fender, but the, the Squire Vista series yeah. would, generally speaking, cracking. I wish they'd do something like that again, just so, quirky, well-made Squires. As I predicted, is the Squire Vista better than the 70s Music Master? So I much prefer the neck on the old Music Master. Really? It's but they're really, like a little pool cue. They're horrible. No, it's, yeah, really thick, really deep. You could, I can really get my hands but around they're it. They're like really round. Yeah, really round, which is yeah, great because I, like I have a neck. really heavy gauge set of strings on there and I have the action really high, so it really feels like a proper baseball bat, which is quite nice. I kind of like that. The Vista series is 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 absolutely the opposite. It's very, very thin, um, which I'm not that into, but, you know, I, I'm I'm fine. I just made the action a little bit higher to make it feel sort of a bit more substantial. But um, Which one are you going to keep? I'm probably going to keep both of them because i figure if i if i'm gonna if i if i do start playing them then i've got a i need a backup add to the pile at all so i was um <laughs> yeah the, I, I, the, the vista series has a really interesting thing with the pickups i don't know if it happened with any of the guitar pickups at all but on the music master bases sort of famously or is well known about those squire vista series they wound the pickups too tightly so all of them that are around today the pickups are bent inwards on themselves oh weird so the two ends are raised up now. Um, uh, Charlie Ralphs, who uh, we used to work at, or I, I worked at Gap yeah. with. I think she started after. She did. You, you'd left. Um, 
Yeah, she was telling me about it because it was the case in a picture of a white one I was looking at to get. And then I got this black one, exactly the same thing. And she said that, yeah, it's it's something that occurred on Weird. all these vistas, which is very unusual. But then she was saying, actually, the pickups sound great. And if anything, it, it makes them more, they've got sort of a real P-bass clang to them. Right, okay. Really great pickups. So I think the P-bass, the pickup sounds better in the Vista than it does in the Music Master. I do still think those guitar pickups in the old 77 sounds perfectly good although i was having a look at um james although, it sounds perfectly good although i'm probably <laughs> going to spend a lot of money replacing it <laughs> well james's home of tone they do um oh what's the pickup brand that james's home of tone do uh um, i can't remember the name it, it begins with m is this is this going to last for as long as I can look? Uh, McNally, McNally pickups. Um, yeah, they do a Music Master replacement, which is a a little humbucker where they've managed to fit the whole humbucker on that tiny little. Do thing. you want that though on that bass? I don't know. I'm actually quite happy with the tone of both the pickups. I think to be honest. that '70s one that you've got is in such bad condition that you should just go wild and put like a mud bucker in it, <laughs> just really carve it out. Yeah. And well, go, it is one of those guitars that you could just kind of. I can do whatever with it. Yeah. Well, I already today I actually I ordered some new knobs for it because the knobs were all messed up. And and like I said, I'm taking the scratch plate off actually off of both of them and sending them up to um, to Fidelity Guitars to to get a. New plates fitted. New plates fitted, yeah, for both of them. In what colours? Uh, I'm probably going to go for like a tiger stripe if I can. Anodized gold. No, anodized gold. I want big. Not thick. on black, Matty. Yeah. Yeah. No, no never on black, pimp. Nah, it's not. No. Big. To be honest, I probably will just go for black acrylic on both because it's white on the Vista, but black on the. Oh seven. yeah. And the thing with the Vista as well, it looks like someone at some point had. Um, sort of drawn little mess, written little messages and drawn little alien heads all over the scratch plate with a sharpie. <laughs> okay, and then they've cleaned them off, but it's aged in nice. that time, so I can see sort of the white outline. You couldn't see them in the photos, but you can see it up close. Leave it on. I don't mind it. It's not. It's not the end of the it's world. A bit of history in it. Yeah. Why not? Why? Why not? Indeed. I prefer the Vista series is strung through the body as well, which is a a little bit nicer. For oh, the, that's much for the better. Tension. Is the other one not? No, they're strung to the bridge. Yeah, strung through mm. the bridge on a short scale and with that flimsy bridge. To be honest, it sounds kind of like how a lot like the Vista one might be better. I think I just love the neck on that old seventies one. Really do. Yeah, I just really, really do. Weird little kind of tight pool cue neck mm. on them. Mm. Not into it. <laughs> yeah. Not into it. Fair. I mean, like I said, the um, you know, I need two hands to 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 tune because <laughs> the, the tuners are so so <laughs> just, messed up yeah just yes i'm hoping just, that i w- will rarely need to do that um, it would just put a floyd on it with a locking nut yeah, and then not? um you know chop the headstock off yeah. then just yeah. sort of make it headless yeah squeeze another like fifth string in there job done yeah well you know you were saying about um about modifications um so the other thing i purchased today for both of them was um was some uh, 10 mil thick uh, A5 side black acrylic, which I will cut and file to make two. Uh, well, to make a um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, ooh. scratch plate? No, no, no. Um, Thumb rest? No, no, no. The other thing. What do you call them? A ramp. A ramp. Why would you want to do that? Well, because ten. I, wait, 10 mil thick. Yeah. Well, I, or I might have gone for. I might have gone for eight mil in the end because I think that was a safer. What? Why? I measured the height of the pickup. Why? D- because I need someone to rest my thumb. Why don't you just put a thumb rest on well, it? Well, because thumb rests <laughs> don't really work as a concept because they're so thick. Yeah. That it means that when you're playing finger style, 
when you hit a spe- on the on the low E and your finger goes to sort of follow through to sort of give it that power goes, does what it gets your finger gets stuck on the it get, your finger knocks into the underside Here's of one the for you. of the thing which is never far enough away from the string to stop it from just sort of bouncing off and stop it so you can't you can't really they don't work have you heard there's actually another thing you can buy that's made of sort of plastic um but it's probably not quite as expensive as what you're planning. Um, you can buy them in all, all stores, actually. They're right. amazing, and they, they don't really cost very much. Yeah. Plectrums? Yeah, no. That's <laughs> no, it's not what I need. That's not what I, I, need. I love the fact that this is the ultimate bodge base when you own a 69 <laughs> base. And you're playing some old tatty, <laughs> late 70s music master piece the ultimate of student base. Garbage. Oh, I love it. Oh, come on, it's cool. It, it basically... No, I, I, I wanted I wanted a P bass that wasn't like I wanted a cool old clangy sounding P bass that didn't cost as much. That sixty nine's only going to go up in value. Yeah, you just put that in a box under the bed, yeah. leave it. And when I sort of you know when I had those issues with it at the first show, when I snapped the nut, I love how your next thing is not to be like, okay, well I've got a really good, really expensive P bass. Love how that sounds. Your next thing is not like oh, I'll just buy like an American standard that I can use all the time. Yeah. Just take out, you know, it's and it's a cool thing. Your thing is I'm going to buy two music masters. Yeah. Both for a few hundred quid. Yeah. Why don't you just get an American P bass? Well, I do often think about it. I do often just think- like something that you know is going to work. Like my P bass, I've had for 16 years. Yeah. It's literally never failed. Yeah. One of the tuners exploded, not at a gig. It was while I was doing a restring, and that's the only problem I've ever had with it. Mm. That, that's definitely... Best sounding bass ever. Best, Literally the best sounding bass I've ever heard. <laughs> I do really favour the reliability of modern instruments in comparison so I've to all of the old ones. An instrument from the most unreliable time what in Fender's history. The 70s? Yes. Yeah, I suppose so. Although 1996 wasn't, you know, especially great time. Yeah, but those vistas are... Well built. Yeah, they're fine. They are. They are perfectly well built. I, Actually, well, I thought I, they'd be I'm fine. into mid nineties sh- strats. Really, mid nineties yeah. strats. That's a really yeah. what, what, early nineties, mid nineties. Just good. What does the standard? I don't understand. What is a mid nineties strat? What defines a mid nineties strat? Just one what? that was built in the mid nineties. Yeah, but what defines it? Do they change the <laughs> no, neck but, price no bells, the bridge? No, no. the pickups. So, How can you pick that out then? So uh, today on Reverb, actually, I saw a nineteen eighty nine Strat come up. Right, and that's a weird year, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, again, it, there's literally nothing like you know. Right. It's post the kind of like two knob Strat. Yeah, you know, um, what's his Best name? Best one ever. Era. Got lace sensors in it. Uh, no, they don't have I lace sensors. They just don't like they? this. No, they've got just standard I, pickups. I. I actually went to see School of Rock yesterday. Okay. Um, which which was really good. And the guy, one of the pit musicians, was playing a Strat. And I could tell that it had lace sensors in it. I was yes. like, that sounds wicked. Yeah, it sounded like <laughs> someone hitting a piece of A4 paper. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, this 89 Strat. And That's I was the like, year that Batman came out. Very good. Um, and I was like, there's nothing essentially wrong with this guitar. But there's just nothing that I like about it. Like, they've got essentially... The same logo that the kind of early to mid two thousands Strats and Tellys had. They've got that kind right. of silvery that? Fender logo, not like okay. the kind of spaghetti logo like you'd find on something now. They've got that kind of weird, quite cheap looking. Oh, I but, think I know what you mean. And again, it was just like it was a sunburst maple Strat, and I was like, but there's just something about it that just doesn't look quite right. And I think it was the logo because it's got that cheap kind of the same logo I... as the Mexican guitars. I miss both of my 2001 American strats. 
I'll I should have never sold them. either of them. Yeah, yeah, they were great guitars. Wait, what ones do you have? Oh, an Aztec Gold one. I didn't know you had another they were one. Bo- no, they were both Shoreline Gold. Shoreline Gold. One, one was a 2001... Um, I want to say, it wasn't the Fat Strat, because the Fat Strat... No. Was it the Fat Strat had the HSS mark, or was it the yeah, Big Apple yeah, Strat so, that had the two humbuckers? <clears throat> yeah, so Big Apple uh, was two humbuckers, and Fat Strat, you're right, was HSS. Big it Apple? Two, the, yeah, yeah, Big I Apple Strat. Big Apple. Two, humbuck, two Seymour Duncan humbuckers in a Big Apple two, Strat. Two right. Pearly Gates humbuckers. Mine, the, the Fat Strat was a Pearly Gates in the bridge, and then two Texas Specials. Yep. And then I had a 1997 um, Strat Plus. Which was you had a, amazing. Strap, a, a strap plus. Wow. Yeah, loved it, Matty. Um, why don't you just buy a fairly inexpensive American strat and just get some lace sensors and put it in there and build the dream well, guitar? You know, the early nineties, the, the late eighties, early nineties strat pluses are going for like over fifteen hundred. Well, that's now. what I'm what? saying. But why don't you just buy like like you could probably pick up like a maybe an early two thousands American strat for maybe like five or six hundred quid at the moment. Just buy one of those, put some um, uh, lace sensors in it, job done. How much is a set Maybe of lace sensors? Isn't there even like a Dave Gilmore lace sensor set? Or is that yeah, an EMG set? don't want that. You know, I want the, I want the classic uh, blue, red, gold set or whatever yeah. it is. Yes, <laughs> fantastic. I reckon you should do it. Do you know what? I'm kind of like, if I was going to buy a guitar now, and I think like what, you know, compared to their new value, mm-hmm. you you can pick up early 2000s Fender stuff, incredibly cheap right now. Yeah, probably. Like, or I could get the 1981 uh, vintage Fender USA Standard Strat 2 with two <laughs> two pickups and two controls. Yeah. Not £1,000, you know. Wait, Strat 2? Yeah. I think it was called the Strat... Was it called the Strat 2 or the Lead... The, the Lead 2. Yeah, the Lead 2. The is, Lead 2, that's But that's it. like the weird like double-cut one. Like, I know yeah, a Strat's double-cut anyway, but it looks... It's, it's kind of it's like... Weird. A strat that's morphing into like an Epiphone Wilshire. I mean, really? Even this? They yeah. did one of those because I guess they had they had similar things around that same time. They did that jazz bass that had the longer horn yep. as well. Yeah, yeah. Right that whole there. time is very, very odd. Oh, but what were they doing? But yeah, I think value for money wise now, you early two thousand American strats and tellies very cheap. They're just so vibeless oh, though, yeah. Mark. They're not though. But They're they all right. Are. Tell you what, like a, a Olympic white. Maple Neck American Strat is a good guitar. Well, yes, it's a good guitar, but it's not like as vibey as buying a sort of 70s well, sure. music master. Yeah, but also, I mean, that it would cost you less than a 70s music master and yeah, it wouldn't and be absolutely dreadful. Yeah, you also don't want a 70s Strat. Everyone I've played, super heavy, yeah. super bad. Yeah, not What's good. wrong with heavy? Heavy's not good. Heavy, heavy might be good on a bass. Occasionally, yeah. uh, it's not good on a 70s Strat. Oh, speaking of heavy, you know, I was thinking about the other day when I was at uh, at the Warwick factory. and well, they had... What, you were there the other day? No, no, no. I was thinking about oh, when right, I was okay, there a yeah. couple of years ago and I got to try out the Jonas Helborg bass. Oh, yeah. Oh, classic. What an absolute classic. Like, Matt, do you know about the Jonas Helborg? Do you know what this is? Yes. Because one Alderette plays one, right? Well, he played one for a bit. He sent his back because he couldn't get they couldn't make it light enough for him and they kept <laughs> chambering out parts of it so the idea of the uh um the the hellborg listener is that it is like a double cut gibson 175 but a bass oh uh, i actually yeah i remember this it's completely solid yeah completely solid it it weighed an un 
unbelievable amount. I mean, it sounded great, and and it's uh, his his original model has just had one jazz bass pickup right on the bridge, so it was like the most amount so of weird. the most amount of wood, and then the thinnest pickup you can imagine. <laughs> it was such a weird combo. Just get an American standard P bass. That's all you need. I mean, it's true for reliability. I just want the cool vibe of an old, like, sort of semi-butchered music master. Don't need it, mate. Cool. Bring your own vibes. Yeah. No. B-Y-O-V-V. B-Y-O-V. Oh, no, I don't think we should. <laughs> B-Y-O-V. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. Um, also, uh, this week, so, you know, I've been getting really into the Helix again, spending a lot of time on the Helix. Yeah. Discovering snapshot, snapshot mode, which I, you know, found very, very... Very good, very useful snapshot mode. What is it? Explain to people who don't know, like me. Okay, so snapshot, as opposed to, because you'd be, with multi-effects, you'd be familiar with the standard two types of uh, using them you have. You've talked about this already. Have I? No, I've never talked about snapshot, because I only discovered it the other week. Oh, okay, fine. But you could either have... You've told me about it, I think. Right, Uh, maybe. You could either have individual stomps that you turn on and off, or you have presets that you're switching between. Um, snapshot allows you to set up a single pedal board and then manipulate things multiple things within that one board but because all you're actually doing is maybe turning two of this on uh, swapping this amp head for that one but all in an existing chain it means there's no there's none of that delay that you get on digital multi-effects yeah. in between set, setting up effects which I, I found to be very very good but interestingly enough i started messing around because i've been trying to build tim uh, a, a sort of board for his guitar cause your guitar player yeah my guitar player because he's just you know it's not you know he can play the thing he just you know he doesn't own a computer doesn't own a computer okay has he got a phone um yeah he doesn't That's reply computer. on it though yeah he doesn't you know he doesn't know how to use it he wants once managed to whatsapp us all a photograph of his forehead <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> true story but um, is it like ed ball ed balls day balls, yeah like ed balls day <laughs> yeah. um but uh yeah so i um so i was looking around on the various amp presets now he he was really into the sound of the vox ac15 of course the cool thing is you know an ac15 might you know not be loud enough or not have enough headroom but because this is on the helix the volume's variable so you can just concentrate on the tone um so that sort of thing was great and i was looking around at all these old amps and i found the cartographer which is one of the amps and you can kind of work out what all the amp models are are based on um there are things like you know there's the mandarin amps yes orange yep. yeah yeah makes so, sense you know, yeah you've got that like uh the vox stuff is called the essex so there's the essex you know ac vox it's sort of a mix of those like all of them are um all of them are quite uh quite obvious in that sense but i really couldn't work out the um cartographer and it was on a later update so it's not on the list of amps on the sort of user manual got it uh, so I, I looked it up and it turned it turned out that um that it was a later edition of an amp that was built um by um by ben adrian who listens to the podcast is on the podcast group um and it was designed by him using the software. So it's essentially a Helix amp created using Helix. So by using the <laughs> by using the parameters of the software to not try and imitate something, but to create something from scratch, he sort of accidentally created something that's much better than anything <laughs> Which else. Which you think is the best patch? Well, well, no, but it is. And and actually, it's not just me. If if you if you search, I found when I started searching like Helix Cartographer, there were loads of videos and loads of 
you know, loads of forum discussion about people being like cartographers. It's the, it's the only thing I use now. It's the best right. one on there. But because he was able to create a sort of versatility to it without having the limitations of having to make it sound like, you know, a, a, like something pre-existing in the real world, it meant that it actually just made a really, really good sounding Helix amp. So... Yeah, that was my for for Helix owners. If you, I'm, I'm sure anyone who owns a Helix has spends a lot of time on the cartographer. But I was thoroughly, thoroughly impressed at sort of using it for everything from like extreme drives to sort of you know crystal clear cleans and yeah, yeah. everything in between. It was a fantastic bit of kit. Now, Matt, you've been uh, you've been building a pedal board this week. I have. Yes, um, I finally got round to. Um, the starting of rebuilding the ungiggable rig um because i actually dismantled my big pedal board about eight months ago and i've been so busy i just haven't actually put it back together since then and i've just been running a just individual pedals or um straight into my amp and obviously last year i sold my other cabs and i sold my other head and i've just been running running in mono um but part of this, uh, part of building the big pedal board is I've also ordered a new rack unit from Zilla so I can rehouse everything in a rack system as well. So Wait, gonna, what? what do you I, mean rehouse everything? Well, I'm, I've got things like my old Space Echo and I've got a bunch of rack units and stuff that are sit, have been sitting in my cupboard for like a year um, because I haven't had a rack system to build everything into right um which was all controlled via midi um and obviously once i dismantled that i dismantled my pedal board with the es8 and i finally got around to putting all the pedals on that i really wanted on there and actually rebuilt it into the neatest version of a pedal board i think i've actually ever built and probably the most pleased i've ever been with a with a pedal board what i tend to do is lay everything out and then leave it for about a week and then look at it every day going is this actually really what i want to commit to because so many times <laughs> i've just built a pedal board and then gone i hate this and i've just wasted loads of time doing it and then i've got to re um redo it but i've actually managed to put a, a bunch of great pedals on it and a bunch of sort of new pedals and it's boss tu2 boss ds1 boss yeah. bd2 <laughs> boss ph3 all the best ones. Yeah. Uh, all the good What's ones. What's on it then, Matt? Talk us through it. So I have expanded the ES8 to an extra couple of extra loops, first and foremost. The ES8 is normally eight loops. I've added an external box that is another two loops. So I've got 10 pedals that can all be switched in and out. Okay. Um, so it runs into, and I'm just going to look at it here. It runs into an OC2 Octava, best octave pedal ever wonderful, made. Wonderful Octava. Um... What year is so, your one? My one is it's a made in Japan one, so I think it's probably like mid to late eighties. Yeah, but don't know the official year. You've got my very old one, which the is nineteen eighty four. Yeah, yeah, which is the Octava, which had the extra R on the end. Yeah, uh, which is the first production year. Um, amazing sounding octave pedal tracks pretty well but it's just got this really nice synthy sort of vibe to it that things like the micropog and stuff are great but they just they sound too good well yeah and the, this sounds bad the note the note the is very time, present on things like a pog it, it literally is a like a second instrument running alongside you an octave down it really has the attack at the sort of front end of yeah. the note whereas the oc2 it's more like the presence of that octave 
than anything else it's just i think it's just for me it's more about like what it does when it can't properly track the note like the, i really really like um using it uh sort of when i really like hammer into because i'm drop tuned sometimes as low as c on a bass yeah and it absolutely cannot handle that and if you really <laughs> if you really hit a floppy string anyway so it's that string itself is kind of moving in and out of that note yeah yeah because it because it can't sort of track that that movement it just gives you sort of massive sort of big How's it go? That's my favourite sound. I love it. That's a a new sound clip for um, the archives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it runs into that and then it runs into a Boss FZ2 Hyperfuzz, um, which is effectively a clone of a Shinai... Shinai? Ultra... No. Univox Superfuzz, which is like an octave up type fuzz but when you run it with the oc2 it's like the best synth sound ever um so i run those in like in a dual loop just outside of the es8 uh and then i go into the grouter moonlight which is like a fuzz face um i've got a thorpey dane which i love sounds amazing uh, we talked about it on the podcast before but the, Gear of the boost year. side of it yeah gear of it um just that boost side with all of the boost off and then the lows just like maxed out it's just like the best make good or a pedal ever i absolutely love it um run into my old 1978 op amp big muff uh, which has been on pretty much every pedal board i've i've ever built since i since i bought it um and then i run into a analog man modded dd2 of course um, yeah of course uh so that it's got a, a high switch that basically takes off the top end of the repeat, so you can't get it to self-oscillate, but it does mean you can crank the repeats to max, and then you get this really cool like analog-style delay effect, but it's just a little bit brighter than a true analog delay. Because um, then I run into an Analog Man ARD X20, um, which I don't know if you guys have seen. It's basically a no, dual no analog... It's a dual analog delay pedal that's kind of built around the idea of a deluxe memory man but the repeats are a little bit cleaner they don't kind of go as sort of dirty as a deluxe memory man but they've built this other box called the amazio i'm looking at it right plugs- now yeah so it looks so like a, the- it looks like a game boy or something yeah it's massive um so it's got an a and a b so two different um preset delays that you can set with both uh, level feedback and delay time but you can plug another thing in called the amazio which then gives you presets and tap tempo and modulation that you can add to the repeats so oh, you can basically have great. presets on an analog delay pedal um and then you can flick through those and make all sorts of quirky sounds but you get one thing i loved was being able to switch in the modulation um, and you can vary you, you can vary the modulation, so how warbly and how kind of oh, great. deep so it's you got, want the modulation. Great, so it's got a date, uh, a, a date, a date and repth, um, <laughs> date and repth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that's wicked. That just runs um, in mono, and then I go into a DC two, um, and then I go into an Eventide H nine. Um, which covers which does all pretty, of those things that you've which does all of those things in one, but I use it mainly for um tuna. reverbs yeah tuna imagine that if you and, just used uh, it for the yeah it's got a uh, sort of half decent chromatic tuna built in so i just use yeah. that 
um i use it mainly for reverbs and some of the modulation stuff that i don't cover with anything else mm. um i also have a vb2 which i love which i run that in the volume loop because i always have it not the wazza on... the old one no uh the was one because i oh, always right. have VB2 it in unlatching VB2. mode um oh that's cool I, that's that's a I, cool way of using it and actually a cool thing with the vb2 is if you have it in unlatching mode it always runs through the bbd chip so it gives everything just like a slight bit of low end boost which is really good if you put it in the latching mode it switches the whole thing out right uh, it, it doesn't do that on the unlatching mode um so yeah it's the the most proud i've ever been of a pedal board oh that's um, great I it, it sounds it. It, it it sounds decent like substantial you've got enough quirky things on there but you know with enough sort of usable things sorry what was the oh the Dane is your drive. That's your main drive. Yeah, that's that's kind of like the main. But I've been using the Moonlight, the Grouter Moonlight loads. I've been getting right. really into like more fuzz pedals, cool. um, which has been great. And actually, I use the H9. What I've been messing around because I haven't plugged the H9 in for like eight. Or- Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing mint mobile unlimited premium wireless ready to get 30 30 ready to get 30 ready to get 20 20 20 ready to get 20 20 ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month so give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com i'm sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase nine months because i use midi on it all the time with the, the es8 and then going back to that like going into all of like the pitch stuff so obviously like seeing loads of things from meris and like the hedra and all that i'm like i'm pretty sure i can get some similar things out of the h9 because that's what the hedra is based on it's based on those old even tied harmonizer rack units and they're all built into the h9 so i'm like great i can just mess around with those and the ES8 then gives you all the MIDI flexibility to change all the settings on the fly. Um, so that's been really fun. I've been getting into doing some sort of more quirky stuff. Oh, wicked. Um, well, what, you've been getting into doing more quirky stuff, Matt. You've, <laughs> well, you know, I've sort of gone back um, to plugging straight into the amp. You know, oh, had to have a bit that? of a refresher who, course. Yeah, who would do that? Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I've had a similar week to Matt. You know, I've been playing around my setup, moving a few things around mainly putting stuff in boxes and taking them to the post office um you know and now i'm i think this minimal setup should be something you should be proud of there's well, you know literally testament to the katana i've even sold testament to your telly i've even sold the pedal board so the nano what? has gone in a box and is is ready to go 
I've sold. You might the, as well just kept hold of that. Yeah. What did you no, get? Twenty quid for it. That's going twenty five quid. Um, <laughs> that's going. So literally, all I've got now is two guitars, one cable, and the katana. You've got three guitars. Uh, yeah, I've got three, but they're under the bed. Wait, why have you got? Do you say two cables or one cable? One cable. <laughs> One cable. One well, cable. Like, I, I misheard that. It's like two oh, guitars, two, two cables. cables. That really I'm upsets like, me. Yeah, I'm going uh, into the Is headphone good, output. At least tell me it's a good cable. Uh, it's like a Gibson Custom Shop one I've had for years. Oh, okay. Basically, I don't think I've bought a guitar lead probably since about 2000 and... Uh, since you started working no 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 uh, probably since about 2009 i haven't bought guitar lead really so i'm using the gibson custom shop one which had some old like they weren't even custom shop they were like when you bought a nice gibson they came with a pack that had like a cleaning cloth and a cable and we had some extra packs that i just ended up with one of the cables somehow and then the other the cable that i use live is the elixir one that i've got which is literally like phone like old school um, like telephone exchange phone cable. Oh, this that sounds awful. That's so good. Why don't you have good cables? It's great. It's really good. I, I mean, we. I, I have, mean, it's lasted literally since about two thousand and nine. I have a pizza box of sinusoid custom shop cables. Yeah, I know, that but they they're for guitar nerds, aren't they? This, yeah, yeah. You know, I just have this in my gig bag. I've used it for literally, you know, come well, probably ten years. This one cable. Uh-huh. It's great. It's great. The, I don't know if they still make them. The Elixir cables. I've but, got a luminous pink Ernie Ball one that they sent us. I don't need it. Don't I've need also it. I've got, got. This I've also is got a move. This is going to be my cable for life. Yeah. For when I do my one gig a year every year until I die, <laughs> I I'm going to be using this Elixir. My my band. We all use those. Uh, you know those Fender Custom Shop cables, the black tweed ones. Yeah. Because you know everything's black. But, yeah, sure. Um, we get through those quite often. Yeah, but you throw yourself about in that. Yeah, don't you? I guess that is it. I guess that is it. I think they are good cables. We just, you know, stand on them a lot. I'm going to look and see if Elixir still do those cables. And if they do, I'm going to email them and say, I've been using one of these for ages. Do a podcast. Can I just have free ones? Why would you do that? I don't even need them. You don't even need them. (laughs) No. We've got got loads. But maybe maybe we can give some away. Maybe we can make other people's lives like you know how mine has been which is you I'm know the one cable life. these people anything speaking of uh giving people uh what they want um today was what they we, need yeah today we launched although it's been there for a while the uh the new guitar nerds merch store um with with a load of with loads of t-shirts phone cases guitar and, nerds phone cases oh, yes yeah, for every samsung and every iphone how about that? I did notice, on, unfortunately, on the Samson case, it, yeah, um, it, it cuts off the words a little bit, so you might need to redesign that a little, little I bit. I can't be bothered. Who has a Samsung phone? I, I thought about not making it available for Samsungs at all, you know, just, just um, because. Yeah, I mean, who would not have a non-iPhone? Yeah. It's crazy. Exactly. Weird. Me. But, uh, yes, yeah, and I, mate, I'm going to do some more mugs. I need to do some more design. I'm going to be adding stuff every week. They look good. Be, yeah. uh, for once, you did something that I approved of, oh, and it was great. Um, just so you know, Elixir no longer make guitar cables, so, Ooh. yeah. Don't I, mean, really, they, uh, I mean, I doubt they Elixir made guitar cables. Well, no, but place. whatever they were branding. It's literally a cable that I've never seen anywhere else, so I don't even know... Um, I don't even know who made it or yeah, what the kind of history was. Can you buy it unbranded anywhere? Yeah, I think you just can't get them anymore. Well, just just get a good cable. Yeah, I've got a great Matt, cable. Matt, I've what got cables do you... Oh, yeah, silly question. I, um, I, for a long time... Maybe like eight years was using monster cables because they were the they, they were, were the um, everyone I knew who I thought was a bit of a 
were, uh, played Monster <laughs> Cable. So like, they were like the... It was how I judged a musician as to whether or not they were one of those people that had no ability but got all the gear. Because spending money on a cable... All the gear, no idea. Yeah, was spend- jam night. Yeah, true. Spending money, like, as much money as Monster Cables were, spending that much money on a cable for me was like the ultimate... Um, yes, but you have to remember, idiot. I worked in a store, so... Um, <laughs> I paid for it. <laughs> um, I, I didn't realise we ever sold them. We They came through Shaw. Oh. And I don't know if they still do, but they came through Shaw and they were doing Monster Cables. So I had Monster Cables for a bit. Um, and about a year ago, I switched to Boss Cables. So I used Boss Cables for everything. MIDI, um, stereo cables, patch cables, um, speaker leads. They, they're um, actually good. The the Boston Road ones. I, I, they're great. I, I just like it. I like a that that. Uh, I don't know. What do you call the material? Like the kettle like. lead material. You know, the sort of woven, like braided. Yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. I like that yeah, sort I, of thing. I, I, you know, I I genuinely think they're amazing cables, and I'm just like, yeah, great. So I. I switched my whole rig out for those and even the speaker cable the speaker cables are really really heavy duty um but obviously when i was rebuilding the board and i was using all the, the patch cables i thought i'll just i'll switch to, to boss cables and you know represent the brand that i work for yeah <laughs> um, i literally um i can't find out anything about these elixir elixir cables they're gone forever well do they have like a which ones were the ones were they those ones that had no the ones that had like the massive jack plug end that no, really were the ones that end. locked on no 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 there no. were ones that there was someone who made a cable that, didn't they have like a wooden jack on yeah. the end yeah that who was, was gibson that? yeah i think it was like gibson oh, yeah, yeah. i love that because that was yeah they released those around the same time that they did the gibson looper cable yes they had oh, the record it was it wasn't looper oh not a looper, had recording sorry. in the cable yeah. oh that's everything you've yeah, ever wanted very very odd it's so good so this is what we're going to be talking about now that i've sold all my pedals i'm just like right just bring on cables. the accessories yeah, yeah. be me and jay versus you guys well someone did suggest <laughs> that we re- we uh we release our own um uh branded uh shell pink mini power supply yeah, you know, just do that. An I wonder idea. if one spot will just. Why don't we just buy a load of one spots and then and just dip them paint in paint? Them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spray paint them. <laughs> see if we can do them. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm up for it. It's new accessories cast. Yeah, that's what that's uh, that's what this will become. Anyway, let's uh, let's do some news. So first up, this is actually something that came out last week. We didn't quite have time for it. Matt, talk to me about getting wetter. Yes, um, the gig rig have announced the wetter box, which is the sequel, uh, if you will, to their wet box. Um, we actually, I actually oh, saw I thought this. It was very... a, I didn't realise it was a second thing. I thought it was a play on the word letterbox. Uh, that's, no. That's <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what it was. Oh. No. Oh, um, I actually go. saw this very, very briefly at NAM this year. Um, I assumed it was because it would fit through a letterbox. I, I no, thought that was the whole thing. It probably wouldn't. No, I don't think it would, oh. unfortunately. Sorry to uh, ruin your dreams, there, Joe, of receiving pedals through your letterbox. Um, so this is a parallel loop box. Now, why... Would you want a parallel loop box? Well, it allows you to do a couple different things, which is really, really cool. You can run a delay and a drive in parallel and then fade one of them in. 
Uh, so rather than switching in uh, a delay pedal, for example, on top of your distorted sound, you can fade it in with an expression pedal. Um, and running it in parallel means that you get a really decent, clean, you know, a cleaner tone between the two. Um, because when it's off, there's always analog dry-through signal. Um, but there's a couple of other things that you can do in terms of running it in your amp's effects loop. So you can actually have a small pedal train nano, for example, with this and two pedals. Um, and run your effects loop through it and another pedal and then just have a remote switch in front of the stage to switch your effects loop on and off and an expression pedal to fade in your delay repeats or your reverb, for example. So it's like a constant onboard mix control. And you can use it in the sense that you've, you've got an A loop and a B loop, so you can actually fade between one and the other or you can sit somewhere in the middle or you can have A always on maximum and then fade in the other pedal. So it gives you a bunch of cool options for actually like expanding your your rig oh it sounds very complicated but it's it's i guess it's aimed at that sort of a complicated player it's, well <laughs> it's it's effectively the same it's is it's an advanced take um in a way on <laughs> it was funny when i was at NAM, I was talking to Nick Reinhardt and Juan Aldrett and we were talking about the swiss I, thing I, I from knew, yeah Earthquaker. i knew that's what you talk about and they were like, have you seen this pedal? And they handed a Boss LS2 to me and were like, it's very, very similar to this obviously very <laughs> old concept of two loops that you can then switch A or B. Um, so it's a, it's a take on that. It does a very, very similar thing, but it adds on a whole bunch of extra layers on top of that. Um, and actually they did... That pedal show did a, a video this week where they had an artist using it and they were going between the room sound on a reverb and then fading in a delay pedal that effectively was set 100% wet for the like pre-delay on the room. So it adjusted the sound of the room reverb. I mean, it, it's a pretty extreme example. Yeah. But um, it, it, it gave like a really cool effect. And I think it just allows you to be a lot more creative and especially in the studio when you can you know sometimes you don't want to run i don't know one fuzz into another for example or you want to run uh a make gooder a pedal but you want to put a fuzz over the top but the the buffer pedal in front is going to affect the fuzz for example you can then have this so your yeah you it know, does fuzz see, pedal will see the it certainly seems incredibly in niche to find the situation where this is required but nonetheless it's in the situations where you need this, this is one of the only things that's going to do that for you. So that you yeah, know, and I, th that, I don't know. I think it allows you to be relatively creative about how potentially some people, you know, the way you might want to just run your rig, for example. Yeah, sure. Um, or fade between two. There's well, the, the soundscapes wise. This is going to be very uh, useful. Yeah, they did a very very good video that demonstrated a lot of different um, settings that. You know, I won't go into. They they're very well demonstrated um, via audio, so it's definitely worth checking it out online. Mm. Um, but what I really liked is that actually it's got trails on it as well, so you can set stuff up and you can have a big ambient sound and you can switch between the two. Oh, that's cool. Um, you can blend stuff in. So I actually think it's a very cool creative tool for actually putting it in your board and, and doing something, um, doing something different. So it's definitely worth checking out if you want to expand your pedal board in a sideways movement, I would say, um, <laughs> rather than just sort of like running stuff in chains. It does something, you know, very different. Reminds me of the Pigtronics Keymaster. Oh, God. Spoke about a few times. I haven't thought about that for a long I time. I don't even know what that is. Is it the same as this? 
it's the Petronic, the pig Petronics, the Pigtronics Keymaster was a very, very similar thing. It was a parallel routing device um, for audio, um, but it also had XLRs in, so you could you can actually do it for microphones. So you had two oh, effect cool. loops, but you could do uh, microphone XLR in and out, and then you could crossfade between two loops. You could run it in series or parallel. Um, and a very good old customer of mine when I worked at GAC, Mr. Brown, never knew his first name. Um, he loved Seal. this pedal. <laughs> Seal. Seal Brown. Um, he bought loads of pedals, but he always used his keymaster because he was like, oh, it's amazing for like like mixing loops and mixing pedals and creating new combinations of stuff. So yeah, it's it's a it's yeah, I guess you could class it as maybe niche, but I think this is trying to bring it a lot more into the, the mainstream. Hmm. Two hundred and twenty nine British puns um for the uh for the wetter box. Fair old chunk. Is it? I know, I think it's are you sure that's not dollars? No, it's puns. Are you on their website? Uh yeah. Two hundred and twenty nine uh, sure on their US. Really? I thought it was one six nine. The uh the press release I'm seeing also says two hundred and twenty nine pounds. See. Oh, okay. See. Okay. Anyway. My mistake. Um it does sound cool. That does sound expensive. It's very, very niche, but you know, it is definitely a, a super cool product. Mark Packham. Hello there. I want to talk about making melodies. Uh uh. Okay, um, that's a weird way to phrase it, but let's let's yeah. do it. So, um, five seconds of summer. What do you know about them, Joe? We, we don't need to talk about them. We what do you to... uh, What do you know about five seconds have... of summer? Yeah. What's the five seconds of summer um, song? I thought the guy from that band was uh, really underrated when he played the Joker, and I liked him in Dallas Buyers Club. Four years strong. No. 10 seconds to Mars. 30 seconds to Ten, Mars. That 15 was, seconds yeah, to Mars. Seconds to, that was the joke um, I was making. Five was, seconds of summer are oh, an Australian pop rock band who some people may describe, um, perhaps uh, in a derogative fashion, as a boy band. Um, they are, they've been kind of like, they're one of those like bands who... Why are we talk, Can we talk about the guitar? I heard about them a long time ago, but it was always kind of bubbling under and now... They're like massive, massive. They? They're bigger. They're like a kind of like, um, what was that other band? One Direction Big. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. They're, they're well, huge. Michael Clifford, the man who we're talking about, he's certainly a strapping young lad. Very, very attractive. <laughs> okay, good. Um, so, yes, Michael Clifford, guitarist for Australian pop rock megastars, Five Seconds of Summer, has teamed with Gibson to bring out the Five Seconds of Summer Michael Clifford uh, signature model. Um, and this is basically a take on the Joan Jett Melody Maker. Santa, which he's been very open about. Well, yeah, so, I mean, the video on the site, he basically says, I went to the Gibson kind of uh, artist facility and picked out a guitar that I liked, and the one that I liked was the Joan Jet. Um, but you can't get them anymore, so we wanted to do something different, um, and or wanted to do something. Well, he lot. was saying he picked it up and thought it was the best guitar in the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And then, but the problem is now, you know, no one can buy those anymore. No, exactly. Um, they're very sought after and very he's highly been thought out with of as well. Cross. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he's basically done his own version of it. Um, very similar, same um, body shape. Um, I guess what the, a few things I that really it's added. Like this body shape, the sort of symmetrical. Um, uh, you know, uh, ju- you know, double cut juniory sort of thing. Oh, it's lovely. Yeah, well, it's a melody maker, isn't it? Yeah. It's c- the classic melody maker shape. Um, the things to know are it's got that kind of like um, die like swamp ash body, 
where the grains are like dyed. So it's like a, it's kind of a black guitar, but it's got that kind of red dye in the grain, much like the Les Paul Voodoo's and Les Paul Menace back in the day. Um, in a way, it reminds me of those sandblasted fenders. Yeah, I know it's, got, it's not the same deepness of grain, but yeah, it's the same sort of vibe. It's yeah. got that vibe as well. So uh, you've also got Rich Light Fingerboard with um, like red acrylic X's for your fret markers. Um, single humbucker in there, burst bucker three. Um, you've got a uh, volume tone and the they're, just they're black and red as well, aren't they? The control knobs. Uh, they are indeed. Um, but you've also got a coil uh, split, which is on the volume control. Oh, so ruined it. If you want single coils, <laughs> yeah. they are also back. available. I really like it. Uh, two reasons I like it. Obviously, I like the Joan Jet guitar. Plus, I also have a bit of a soft spot for, for the band. Uh, no, um, <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you a single song. Um, I've got a, a bit, bit of a soft spot for Michael Clifford. I've got a bit of a soft spot for uh, those guitars, the Voodoo, the Menace, um, <laughs> back in the day. The X. The wait, what was the X? Let's the, pull X. The, there was it was an SGX, wasn't it? Oh, the one with the hole in it. Yeah, yeah, that was an Epiphone guitar. That was, oh, weird. was it. Yeah, 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 very weird. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, I like it. I like the looks. Um, it's. I would think if you're into the Joan Jett thing, you'll probably like this as well. Both those guitars had kind of like polarizing features. The Joan Jett had the heart fret markers. This has got the red acrylic uh, X fret, uh, fret markers on there. So, yeah, there'll, there'll be things that will split the audience. But I think in general, it's been uh, quite a thumbs up for this one. How much money? Um, how much money? One thousand and ninety-nine yep. British pounds. Indeed, that's the only thing I would say. Is he describes it in the video as a guitar, like someone's first guitar, um, oh. and then it's a ten nine nine. But as uh, always with Gibson stuff, like the um, uh, the the pro- the initial MSPs that get uh, kind of advertised, you usually see the guitars. There's deals and stuff like that, so you'll probably pick one up a bit cheaper. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a cool thing. I think they're very cool. Very cool indeed. Um, Matthew Knight. Yes. Uh, I want to talk about... You're not sure what you want to talk about, are you? Uh, I was kind of choosing. but Well, no, there's no way to choose because the rest of the news is all being done by you. Yeah. So it's just Matt. I was just trying to think of a good segue for it. The, 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 you see, listener, this next section is on barefaced cabs. I was trying to think, well, there's the expression barefaced liar. And I was like, maybe I can call Matt a liar in some comical way doesn't work if you uh, if you explain it all it doesn't no work. i feel like i, I feel like <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> moment, the moment's passed <sighs> tell me about this cab this is actually really cool and exciting yeah so bareface cabs actually based out of brighton um and i know the guy that's been working with the main builder i think almost from like near day one actually um might be a very interesting person to have on the podcast at one point because they are super into making guitar cabs and bass cabs and the like um and they like doing stuff very very differently and they're very scientific in their approach um so they have moved into guitar cabs now where they were doing bass cabs for a it was very, just very long bass time cabs before and they were very good super lightweight they made like six tens that you could pick up with one hand they were very very good and wonderful yeah. sounding cabs as and well. they they've moved that into guitar design but they've got a pending patent on augmented vent diffractor diffractor uh afd technology so rather than AVD. being open 
A, oh yeah, A, sorry, AVD. Rather than being closed or open-backed, AVD takes the sound from the rear of the speaker and disperses it around the room. Um, so the idea is that you get a better tone from your guitar cab no matter where you're standing. Um, and the cab actually delivers twice the output because the front and rear of the cone are working in unison. Um, so a 75-watt cab will be as comparable loud in volume as a 2x12 but offering a more consistent tone so this is an entirely new cabinet type it's not closed back it's not open it's not ported it's a totally different type of cab um and after sort of reading the press release and everything about it i really want to try it out i think this sounds awesome it's also got a low cut toggle switch um so you can switch between a a closed back style fatness as they put it or an open back style tightness um but i think for gigging i think the idea is that it gives a more dispersed sound across the stage um and in their fashion super lightweight so they do a 10 inch and a 12 inch version 10 inch is six kilos and the 12 inch is 10 kilos blimey uh, which is kind of nothing that is um, fantastic and, and a, a complete off- facelift as well New yeah, logo, yeah, yeah. New, new logo, some lovely green Tolex on the uh, on the pictured image, and a very yeah, classic retro looking. Yeah, much better. The uh, you know the only thing that put me off Bareface in the past for base cabs was that it was uh, um, it, it was so industrial looking. It had that their, sort of Galen Kruger sort of. Their uh, logo was very blocky. Yeah, in the past. all, yeah, yeah, all yeah. blocks. I, th- I I don't. They're, they're not carpet, are they? They're, but they were. I think it was a sort of. I think they were. Hard, Initially. Maybe initially, but a hard black Tolex. There's a couple in yeah. Brian Electric studio at the moment, and it's that you know I just can't get on with metal grills. Like I, I'm immediately put off by metal grills. But anyway, carry on, Matt. Um, so just to, to sort of round up, this is the way that they put it. So a closed back cab gets you everything from the front of the cone, but nothing from the back. Open back cabs give you mids and highs from the front and the back of the cone, but cancels all the lows out. So AVD technology and this cab give you everything from the front and the back and the overall sound. So you get a much better spread and you can use a 112 instead of using a 212. Um, so I'm guessing they're thinking portability, they're, they're thinking sound. And I'm guessing for recording, if you're in the studio as well, it's new options to mic up something and get a completely different sound. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think this is ni- a, a nice range of options. So 10-inch version, 12-inch version, and they do American or British voicings. So, yeah, and they obviously they do a range of different Tolex and grill cloth variations. I think you can just go on their website directly. I think, as far as I remember, lastly, everything from them is direct order. I don't actually know if they have any dealers. No, I think um, I think you deal with them directly in all cases. God, everything these days is like a single 10 or a single 12. Yeah. Like, it, that's that's all you need. Just, I know, but just it's all you need. it's going, isn't it? The days, the days of big cabs, they're going. Yeah. You don't need a big cab. I've got loads of big cabs. What am I going to do with all my big cabs? Yeah. Well, don't phone them now, Matt. We're on a podcast. (laughs) But, you know, yeah, speak to (laughs) them. I'm going to phone them right now. Um, (laughs) Do you want to listen to the phone call as we're on the podcast? Yeah, if you could just Um, place an order, just give us your credit card details and we can uh, can go from there. (laughs) But this sounds very, very interesting. And I think it's, it's actually, you know, trying to do something different. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to just actually try it out and and see how it sounds compared to a normal two by tw- uh, one by twelve. Yeah, yeah, they're um they are they are 
Yeah. Super duper cool. I think they're going to be fantastical. And they're built in Brighton, the best town in the world. I think it's not technically Brighton, but yeah, we'll go with that. Yes. Why not? It's Brighton. nearby. Why not indeed? <laughs> Right, anyway, that, uh, that that pretty much brings us up to time on this week's episode. I know you were poised there, Mark, poised to tell us about this uh, D'Angelico. Uh, yeah, two guitars. We'll talk about it over on the, uh, on the Patreon. On the Patreon. There's Patreon. two new guitars this week. Uh, one from D'Angelico, which is a signature model for Bob Weir. Good didn't, old Bob Weir. Didn't know who that was. Grateful Dead. Yeah. And then uh, a signature model also from Epiphone um, for George Thorogood. And it's got a... And it's snake got on a, it. a snake on it. And it actually... I apart, said steak. Apart from the snake, it actually looks really <laughs> good. But we'll talk about it over on the Patreon because I'm actually quite hyped about both of these. Yes, we certainly will. Well, yes, over on the Patreon, where for as little as $1... <laughs> Held it together, well done. <laughs> you can support the podcast. $1 a month will get you the regular episode ad-free. So you don't get to hear my lovely... Uh, adverts and you know you get it a little bit early five dollars a month though makes you know you know you get access to all the patreon stuff all the uh i preferred it when you used to read patreon this off a script special episodes and you know i'm probably going to do some solo stuff on there and then ten dollars a month makes you one of our executive backers and it gets your name read out in one breath but when are we going to think of something that's not me reading out in one breath i just like just, it i like it because you, you will die way. doing it soon mm, yeah, you didn't fine. actually say where people can do this patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds yeah people find it you know oh, fine, fine. fine I, I love that that's what this has come to just too lazy to even read no, out not, where too, people give you the so money famous now sure that it doesn't matter sure most people have it bookmarked on their browser sure. yeah sure sure anyway here we go you ready yep <laughs> jim welter keith adams steve ferguson eric Fowl, christopher franklin andy joyce john anglin adam royce chris jay cutmore robert cousins rob Groove, scott hamilton tucker abaddon arnie cooper ross edwards nate nagel stephen hench rob grant matt roberts dave lee and me james baker Juan Courier, aaron sermon blake wyland andrew goody jamie kemp jay gray matt bellamy martin cliff scott kennedy christopher lawson hans arms scott kane robin smith Derek rich chris connish rob nordwick duncan watson ed bentley steve merkel dj mark cross michael Gray, Carlos Mancha, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Blair Tom, Scott O'Brien, Laurie Anstis, Paul Corrigan, Will Clare, Mill Gravett, Phil Thompson, Adrian Day, Ken Sayers, Matthew King, Sean Arbo, Christopher Walmart, There you go. Yep, you're nearly dead. I'm sort of nearly dead. It's close. I can't wait for the day when you came over. I reckon ten more. Good. Ten... Five more. I'm Five gonna more. Be. You're going to real struggle. I wonder if I'll ever pass out on uh, on an episode. I'd pay a lot to see that. To be fair, mm. I would pay a year's worth of Patreon subscription to see that. And uh, if you want to do that, pay a year's worth of Patreon subscription to make it happen. I will film it for you. So if we can get five to ten new patrons this week, that would be fantastic. And then uh, you can keel over, and I'll film it, and we'll all have a laugh. Thanks very much. Well, anyway, you can uh, join <laughs> the discussion over on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum, or follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Guitarnerds or check out our videos on YouTube by searching Guitarnerds. I still haven't quite got YouTube.com YouTube YouTube forward slash Guitarnerds. It's not that hard, oh, is it? Oh, is that what it is? Yes. Oh, wonderful. Anyway, yes, uh, we're, we're going to catch you on the uh, Patreon. See you later. Farewell. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.